Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Moving right along with Zechlis Brachos, the sixth parak, the sixth Mishnah. This Mishnah talks about the halacha, that I can make a bracha, and through my making the bracha, you could be yotze your obligation, you can fulfill your obligation making a bracha, just by listening to me. And you need three conditions. Condition number one is, I need to have in mind. I need to have in mind to be yotze you. I need to have in mind that when I make my bracha, you are listening, and therefore, you're going to fulfill your obligation. Number two is, you need to have in mind that you're going, to, you're trying to fulfill your obligation through me. And number three is, you must hear the entire bracha. Now, there's a further chilik, a further divide between a bracha, birchas ha-mitzvah, and a birchas ha-nenin. A bracha and a mitzvah such as shaking the lulav. I can make a bracha on shaking the lulav for you, even if I already discharge my obligation. Meaning, if I wake up six in the morning, I don't know why I would do such a thing. And I go to the sukkah, and I make a bracha on my lulav. And then later I encounter you, and you say, can you make the bracha for me? I can say, sure, and I can make the bracha for you. Whereas when it comes to birchas anenen, a bracha I make on food, if I am not planning on partaking in the food, I'm not allowed to make the bracha for you. And the reason for this difference, the reason we d- differentiate between a birchas mitzvah and a birchas anenen is one of something called arvus, arevus. Now each of us, kol yisrael, each of us look out for one another. And therefore in areas where there's a chov, in areas where there's an obligation, I have an obligation to shake the lulav and you have an obligation to shake the lulav. Even if I have now discharged my obligation to shake the lulav, I have, I have an, the obligation to look out for you, to look out for your spiritual well-being. And therefore uh, part of my, me looking out for you is that I can make the bracha on your behalf. Because that's, we're, we're all brothers, and therefore, I'm helping you fulfill your obligation. However, when it comes to birchas anenen, eating that, bu- that that pita, eating that falafel, I have no obligation to eat that falafel, and therefore, we don't apply this concept of arvus, of me having to look out for you in, in the way in which I can even make the bracha ha- eat once I've discharged my own obligation, and the only way that I can be motzi you is if I myself have fulfill- have not fulfilled my obligation yet. It's interesting, there are some areas where we carry over the idea of arvos even to birchas and one of those would be Kiddush. That once I am using this concept of arvos, that I am helping you fulfill your mitzvah of Kiddush, even if I already made the mitzvah of Kiddush, because kol Yisrael, Rebbe Zelzeh, we're all looking out for one another, so then even the birchas and part of Kiddush, as in the Brei Hagafen, I'm allowed to make on your behalf. So this mission now is going to talk about a birchas and where how does it work where we sit down together? When am I allowed to make the bracha for you? And when are we all considered separately? We all must make the bracha individually. We all sit down together to eat. Now, if you recall from the Seder night, the way they would eat back then was not just sitting, but they would lean, that lean over. They would be leaning. So, if they just sat down together, that means they weren't sitting as a group, but they were all sitting separately, independently, and therefore, if they all lean over, they lean, that means they're sitting together down as a meal. Each of them joining one another, that shows they're all trying to eat together, they're all doing it at the same time, and therefore one can make the bracha, let's say hamotzi, for everyone. What if they're all eating and someone brings in a nice, delicious wine? One person cannot emotzi everyone else, but rather, each one makes a bracha for themselves, and the Gemara tells us because... When you're eating a meal of a meal, you can't, it's hard, you can't all stop at the same time. Lachor, one guy is going to stop, the other guy is still going to be chewing, and he's not going to be able to say amen, or he's not going to even be able to listen to the brach with proper intent. But once they've all concluded eating, even before birchas hamazon, because again, they're all sitting together, so once we're all sitting together, if I have kavana to be mot to you, and you have kavana to listen, you listen to the whole bracha, so therefore, I could be mot to you after 
They say on Mugmor, on, they used to bring at the end of the meal, after Birchas Amazon, they would bring out nice smelling perfumes and spices, which you'd have to make a brach on, right? In this case, it was wood, so very even though they would only bring the mugmar after the suit, they'd bring this, these perfumes, this incense, after the meal, the person who makes birchas hamazon for everyone, since the, the birchas hamugmar comes immediately after the birchas hamazon, so just like you can make birchas hamazon for everyone, so too we assume they're all sitting together still, even though they con- they've, say, they've concluded birchas hamazon, and therefore they can carry through this idea where one person can make the bracha on the besamim for everyone else. Mishnah Zion. They'd bring something very, very salty, a very, very salty meat, so they would bring bread with it, not because the person wanted to eat bread, but because it was so salty, you needed to put some bread in your mouth in order to take away some of the saltiness. You only make the bracha on the salty thing, and, you do, and that covers the pas, which is wild. We always think pas is the most, that covers everything else. Once you make a mozi, you're barely making any more brachos. But here, because you really want to eat the maliach, you want to eat the salty thing, and it's just too salty, so you need to have some pasta, almost to wash your mouth out, so the pasta is tough, it's secondary, and you don't, you do not make a brach on the pasta. pasta fail low. And zeha klau. Kol shu ikar. Anything that's the ikar, the most important part, and whatever comes with it is only a tough, it's secondary. You have a cream cheese sandwich, the cream cheese is tough, it's secondary, really, to the sandwich, to the bagel, and therefore you only make a bracha on the bagel. It's interesting to note the Shulchan Aruch points out, and the, the, sorry, the, the Sharetzion on the, on the Mishtabura points out, that nowadays it's very, very hard to actually fulfill this dictum of the past being tafel. And that's as follows, because he says most of the time you still, even a little bit of a taiva to have pas, even that little bit of desire to have pas cancels out it from being just a tafel, and therefore we should almost always make the birchas, uh, bracha on the pas and not on the maliach. There's a further discussion that is, is it possible, therefore, to ever have flour or, or past to be tafel? If once you introduce this idea that even if you want it a little bit, it's not considered the ikr, the more important part? And the answer is yes. So the the Tosvas tell us if it's used as a binder. If you throw in a little flour as a binder, so therefore it's not there for the taste, it's not there for the flavor, but only just so the thing binds together, and therefore it's tafel. And this enters the great debate about Twizzlers. There are those who claim you should make a birchas amazonos on Twizzlers because there's flour inside, but the only reason there's flour inside is not for taste or flavor, but rather just so the thing is bound together, and therefore it's tafel, and you only make a shahakal. Have a wonderful day.